If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. It's Tuesday in New York. James Golden, AK, and everywhere else around the world, I might add. Well, no, half the world. Anyway, we're here at WABC Talk Radio 77. Telephone number if you'd like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We have asked Mayor Giuliani to stay around for just a moment. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing this afternoon? I am doing really well, though, really well. Nice to talk to you. I'm sorry I'm not there today. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you, because I didn't know this place existed. To be totally frank with you, I, you know, driving over the uh, Triborough, often yep. I would look down and there's a big ball field over there. You go by in the summer, it's so many people there. I've never known about what that ball field either. But Staten Island, I came here and it blew me away. The view blew me away. When you walk in, you're looking at the most incredible skyline of New York City. <laughs> and then I hear that you built it. You had this place built. Well, along with Guy Molinari. It came about because Guy Molinari was trying to lure the Yankees from the Bronx to Staten Island. And uh, George really was just playing with him. But I said, George, how about if you give him a stadium for a minor league team? So uh, Steinbrenner said, okay, but the, the city built it. And then in order to get it done, we had to build an equal one for the Mets in Coney Island. And the negotiation between Steinbrenner and the Mets was worse than Israel and Palestine. <laughs> they every every single thing the Mets got, George wanted. Every single thing George got, they wanted. And uh, that's why it's there. And Guy Molinari and I put it together, and we built it so that if you hit a home run to left field, you hit it to the World Trade Center. Can you believe and that? I will tell you what, that's one thing that the Mets can't have, don't have, the view of Manhattan that you have from here. And it is in close. You could walk to the Staten Island Ferry. So even if you're not driving, you can just head to the uh, head to the South Pier, get on the ferry, and half an hour later you're here. And the ticket prices are reasonable. Families, unlike the rodent kingdom, um, Disney World, <laughs> you can actually afford, you can afford to come here and bring your family here. Sorry. Yeah, you can't, and you and and you know, those kids are a lot of fun to watch. I I watched a uh, minor league baseball game in New Hampshire because my hotel room 
which I require every time I go to New Hampshire, looks out on a minor league baseball field, the Toronto Blue Jays. I watched a beautiful seven-inning game. It was absolutely terrific. I mean, it's like a little bit between Little League Baseball and Major League Baseball. And you, you say well, to yourself, you say to yourself, which one of these kids are going to make it? I used to write their names down if I thought they were good. I think I was wrong most of the time. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, there's a kid playing on this team that is the son of Roger Clemens. And I just saw Roger. Oh, he told me that. I just saw Roger two weeks ago at a fundraiser for my son, Andrew. Oh, he told wow. me about it. He told me yeah, about it. He's, Roger, their first, he's their first professional hire. Geez, if, so, he's anything like, if he's anything like his father, four Cy Young Awards. Woo! I'm telling you, this could be exciting. Well, Mr. Mayor, thank you, and congratulations. Another achievement. Uh, yeah, by you the tell, way, Mr. Mayor, you tell, when, you tell we, John, when are you going to mm-hmm. – You tell John, one thank quick question. you. Saving. Yeah. When are you going to get a tuxedo like Mayor Adams had where you can start becoming like a billboard messenger in the back as you go to the big galas? I, I've never seen it. Seriously? <laughs> the day he reduces crime. I'll oh, do it. Okay. okay. It's up 45%, 68% on the subways. Uh, some guy got beaten last night or the night before while he was wearing that stupid thing to death. I mean, I wouldn't wear that thing until I proved I could do what I promised to do. And so far, we have a city that's more dangerous than de Blasio. Which is insane. And no, it, yep. it's hard to believe. Yep. Oh, well, Mr. Thank, Mayor, you, thank you so much. And God bless All you. Right. And thank you for, for making this stadium happen. Most New Yorkers, I'm, I guarantee you, there are going to be a lot of people that didn't know that this existed. It is a wonderful Wonderful oh, it is. day Go trip. Go see it. Absolutely. See it. Thank you, sir. Okay. Take care. All right. So we here we are in one of the biggest days, days, days of the year. Of course, we have Mark Stein coming up in a few minutes, and Mark and I are going to talk in, about the big story. I The big story hit last night about 9 o'clock, and, of course, I was up till the wee hours of the morning reading everything I could on it. By that time, the protesters had started gathering in front of the Supreme Court of the United States And what we have here is something insidious, something that has never been done in American history, which is the somebody leaked. We don't know who. Somebody leaked the deliberations of the Supreme Court in the first draft as they circulate opinions. This is not an uncommon procedure. After oral arguments, the members of the Supreme Court circulate the opinions among themselves. They figure out they have a test vote to see where everybody is. And then the chief justice usually will assign someone to write the uh, the majority opinion. In this case, it was uh, Justice Samuel Alito. This was his first draft, and by no means is the first draft the final project product. Uh, one of the things that you will hear all day long, if you listen to some of the uh, some of the news networks, is that there is a lot in this first draft that, to use a phrase, is kind of red meat. It goes to some of the other justices uh, who are also agreeing, in this case, so far four justices, five justices agree. So in this case, for instance, the there are some terms in this first draft about abortionists. Most of the other judges don't use, justices don't use that language. Clarence Thomas has. 
And so that's a shout-out kind of to Clarence Thomas. There are also some things that that, um, the latest judge, Judge Barrett, Justice Barrett, has cited that showed up in the Alito draft. Of course, the left is going completely nuts. They're losing their cookies. If you watch PMSNBC last night, they were in full titanic gear. Oh, this is the end of life. This is the end of everything. People don't remember something, though. When Roe v. Wade was passed, it took the nation by surprise. No one was expecting this because abortion wasn't the case. And at the time in this country, the majority of the country had laws on the books that either regulated or prohibited abortion. And so in 1973, when Roe v. Wade was passed, it was a surprise. Most of the country was dead against it which is one of the things that I'm going to talk about with Mark Stein in a few minutes, because I'd like to know, why is it that when liberals are against something, everything has to stop? But when conservatives are against something, it's like, oh, let's just go on and beat them down until we get our way. And that's been the history. Roe v. Wade never should have been law, period, because it isn't constitutional. And if you go through the history of it, there's a book called The Brethren, that was written by uh, the Brethren. Who wrote the Brethren? It was Woodwin and Bernstein, actually, that wrote the Brethren. And in the Brethren, this was their first major book after their Watergate book. They actually go through the deliberations of how Roe v. Wade came into law. And what you would learn from that is that this whole three-month thing, it's arbitrary. It was an arbitrary decision made by Harry Blackman. There's no science to it. There never was science to it, ever. And if you look constitutionally, there is no mention of an inherent right to privacy. There, the rights to privacy were regarding search and seizure law. So if you go through any constitutional scholar, what they will tell you is this always stood on shaky ground. Now, to prove the point, there's an article in one of the most liberal left-wing publications in America today, the Los Angeles Times, the Los Angeles Times, where Roe went wrong, a sweeping new abortion right built on a shaky legal foundation. And they walk you through the history of the, of the Roe v. Wade decision. And they talk about Justice Blackman, who authored the Roe opinion. And he cited, you know, in this, the history of Persians, Greeks, Romans, blah, blah, blah. He never quoted the constitutional, underlying constitutional statute that allowed the law to take place. And as most people who study the Constitution know, if laws are not enumerated in the Constitution, those laws belong to the state. And that is where this should have been decided in state governments, which, which is the constitutional remedy that will happen if, indeed, this is overturned. James Golden. K.A. Snurdy with you here, WABC Talk Radio 77. It is Bo Snurdy's Rush Hour. We're coming right back. Mark Stein joins us right after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdy on 77 WABC. He's always mistakenly British. Teen Crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. 
America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, presents Mark Stein. That's right. I can't wait to hear Mark Stein's take on events of the last 24 hours. Mark, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great, James. How are you? I'm go- you know, Mark, I haven't seen Democrats this angry since a Republican president took their slaves away. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Well, actually, that's a very good way of looking at it. And as Rush always used to say, for people who think abortion is evil, it is exactly the equivalent in our times that slavery was in the 19th century. So uh, that's not in a, that's not inappropriate. And right now for the Democrats, it's even worse because it's like if you go back 150 years and they'd like wrecked everything, nothing's working for them. And all they had to run on was slavery. That's what they're doing here. They're saying... Oh, well, basically, uh, yeah, everything we touch turns to garbage, uh, open borders, inflation, whatever. But the great news is uh, these scary Republicans here are going to end a woman's right to choose. We can't defend. We can't define what a woman is. So but we we have a woman. We we have a woman's right to choose that exists independently of what a woman is, which is fantastic. You know, here's the thing. I was just going through the L.A. Times today, and they have an, uh, an article that actually tells the truth, which is odd in a liberal publication. But it tells the truth about the, the shaky legal foundation that Roe came into being on. And one of the people that has talked about how awful constitutionally this law was was, no, was, was their, their hero, RBG, yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She understood, and she was open about saying, look, this is not really great law. And it became a storm center because I was just uh, mentioning that the, the, the book from um, Woodward and Bernstein, The Brethren, went into great detail about how yeah. this law was crafted and, and how arbitrary. Later, and as soon as this draft, which is not the final version, was announced, yeah, protesters showing up in front of the, the Supreme Court, gnashing their head, banging their teeth, of course, like we're, we're approaching the end of the world. What happened, correct me if I'm wrong, is that even if it's overturned, this now becomes a state's issue, which is where it was in the first place. Well, yes, it becomes a state's issue without all the rubbish attached to it by that. It's worth reading. Uh, the original decision, because it's appallingly written. And I, I was just talking to our mutual friend, Anne McElhenney. Uh, you know her. Uh, Anne is Irish. Ireland actually voted for abortion. Ireland voted for abortion and uh, decided that basically uh, that uh, it had changed its mind. That's all it said. It had said it had changed its mind. And that was all they did. Well, Mark, good. I didn't. I missed most of that, sadly. But thank you. We just we're today. We're doing a remote, by the way, Mark. At from oh, a, I see. Um, from yeah, from Staten Island. Have you ever been to Staten Island? Yes, I have been to Staten. I go to all the places <laughs> that are mentioned in American. Everything I know about American geography, I learned from American songs, and so. Uh, Staten Island is in a famous old song called Manhattan, and I thought I'd like to see that. 
And that's when I was a teenager, I went to all the places. The only reason I ever went to Chattanooga was because of Chattanooga Choo Choo. Uh, no disrespect to anybody from Chattanooga. So I learned... I learned a, well, I learned American geography from American songs. The, 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 the basic core point I was making there, James, is just that basically... Mm-hmm torturing the english language to prov- so as if it what these guys in powdered wigs over two centuries ago cannily foresaw a need for abortion rights two centuries later i can't stand that it's rubbish torturing the plain in new hampshire we have a statute that says uh, the laws have to be construed by the plain meaning of the english language and that's the exact opposite of what they do at the supreme court where they torture the the wording of the constitution to find some bogus constitutional pretext for whatever it is they want. Don't do it that way. Why don't you just do it honestly through the legislatures of 50 states, if that's what you want? And if it had been done honestly through the legislatures of 50 states, like it was done, I believe, in Ireland, then the debate stops. The debate stops. But here's what I want to ask you. Okay, Supreme Court rules same-sex marriage is legal, right? Conservatives say, okay, never mind our protest. It's legal. The Supreme Court said it's legal. And they go about their business. By the way, in my personal opinion, all the, 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 the sky is falling that was predicted after same-sex marriage didn't happen. Okay? Mm-hmm. But it was a decision, and conservatives said, okay, Supreme Court ruled, we go along with it. We'll, or, or not we go along with it, we'll stop the protest. Whether mm-hmm. it's, no matter what law, whether it's the takings law, no matter what the Supreme Court rules, Conservatives, Republicans respect it, and they follow the law. If it appears that even the Supreme Court wants to rule on something that these liberals don't want, they will raise holy hell. In fact, one of them, I'm trying to remember who it was today, actually, it was, oh, it was uh, one of the Kennedy clan um, uh, called for a revolution. It was, it was, it was Shriver, Maria Shriver, called for a revolution if this takes place. Why, what, well, is the, what is the difference in mindset here with respect to the court? Well, you know something that exactly gets uh, to what I have a problem with here. A judge's republic is a contradiction in terms. Simply because some bloke is wearing a polyester black robe doesn't make what he's saying any... Uh, no, I'm, I'm being serious about this, James. This, this, this idea... This, no, this idea that these are... I don't see the point of throwing off... Uh, poor old George III. I, I, I said this years ago. I don't see the point of throwing off one guy in ermine to prostrate yourself before five guys in basic black. It's pathetic. And th- this is clearly within the remit of the people. This idea... This uh, Again, on same-sex marriage. Australia had a referendum and they voted for same-sex marriage. And basically all those guys were saying was, uh, yeah, you know, we, we've changed our mind on this. We, we, we didn't really like to think about two blokes uh, going at it in the middle of the outback like, uh, like uh, you know, they used to, the healthier get lads do with the sheep. But we've changed our mind. Uh, that's more honest. That's more honest than this pathetic, oh, yes, oh, yes, the uh, drafters of the American Constitution cannily foresaw the need for gay marriage uh, two centuries hence, so they left. 
room for it between the lines in the con. This is rubbish. And and conservatives are the chumps of the planet for going along with that. They should just say if they yeah we've changed our mind. Yeah, trans transgenders. That's uh, that's right. We want to pump hormones. Seven year old girls who want to be boys. Okay, we're going to pump hormones into them just because we've changed our mind. But to pretend it's a constitutional. Uh, you know, it's in the, it's not in the Constitution. You're bonkers. And it does. And it and it destroys what's actually in the Constitution by by this idea of purporting to divine. Oh, yes, we all gather round in the rear chambers of the Supreme Court and we have the draft of the Constitution in the cauldron bubbling away. And then we all take some powders and the room begins to <laughs> smell of incense and we start to divine sentences that aren't actually in the Constitution. And that's what it means to be a nation of laws, boys and girls. It's rubbish, all that. Well, the hope is, and this is uh, one of the hundreds of theories that are circulating around now as to why the leaker leaked. By the way, Mm. do you think the leaker will ever be found? Uh, I I think... this depends because the I my own view is that this might well have been leaked by an actual bona fide black robed judge herself. And so if uh-huh. that's the case, and so if that's the case, I think they're going to cover it. I think they'll cover it up. Uh, the other the other if it's a if it's a clerk who leaked leaked it then uh that guy's got no legal career but has a great future there's a there's a nightly show on msnbc waiting for that clerk right now if he can start monday well supposedly chuck schumer says the democrats are infuriated lisa murkowski uh, mm. uh the, the the rhino republican is saying that uh, this has rocked her confidence in the court blah 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 it's amazing it's amazing what rocks these people's confidence in the court. The court can come up with all sorts of rulings. The court can yeah. say, oh, it's just lovely, despite the fact that we have a, a, a takings law. We can have a private developer take your damn land and build something on it. Oops, never mind. We don't have the yeah. money to build it. Your private land is gone. The Constitution can say that's okay, and these people don't find the least bit trouble in that, even though it violates everything that's in black and white in the Constitution. Well, It's that's- amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a very good example, James, because that's not abstract like a lot of these issues, freedom of speech or freedom. That's about as real as it gets. This is a republic. It's a self-governing republic. What that means is the citizens of this republic uh, elect some of their representatives to make the laws. And this idea, this perversion of the court, which the founders would be horrified by, that somehow uh, nine, uh, nine judges are actually a super legislature is a perversion of the court's function. The fact that it's a 5-4, you know, 5-4-4-5, so there's always one designated swinger on the court. John, John Roberts <laughs> likes John to... Roberts. Yeah. Yeah, he always, uh, like the, so he's like the supreme intergalactic arbiter of everything. This is completely bonkers. Uh, by this is this is the, if you'd if you'd said to the, if you'd said to the founding fathers, oh, and. Uh, 
Don't forget to write in the bit about how one of these nine guys is the supreme intergalactic arbiter of everything, because that's that's a really good constitutional proposition right there. I mean, this is this is a this is a perverted and and it's a pitiful way for a self-governing republic. This prostration before these. You know, before before a bunch of judges, I've been in front of judges. <laughs> I tell you, I can tell you, yeah, yeah. That they're highly yes, they're highly variable, and so the idea that oh yes, oh yes, this is the judges. The judges have spoken, so you you can't say anything now. Uh, the, the, you know, she said, uh, Nancy Pelosi, it's almost as if, you know, God had come down and given the tablets to Moses. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it isn't. You know, who is? So Sonia, Sata, Sonia Sotomayor is Moses. Is that is that how you're explaining it? This is ludicrous. That's how they explain it. Let me just leave you with this and, and get your thoughts on this. I'm glad you mentioned Pelosi. She's one of them. So we've had Pelosi. Mm-hmm. We've had Schumer. We've had Joe Biden, who, by the way, you know, poor Joe. He slipped today. Mm-hmm. He started talking about how mm-hmm. abortion is actually aborting a child. You're not supposed to use that language if you're a liberal. You're not supposed <laughs> to pretend that they are human beings. And he actually said it, no. aborting a child. So he, he said it. Yeah. Poor Joe. But anyway, yeah. these are the same people. Yeah. I saw these people protesting out there, and I saw the sign. Some of the signs says, one of the signs says, you know, basically keep the government out of my body. It's, which, by the way, this whole mm. it's my body thing, it's not your body. It's someone else's body. That's the whole point of it. It's someone else's body who's inside your body for a brief period of time. That's the whole point of this. But besides that, okay, the, I see the signs that say keep the government out of my body. Keep the government out of my body. And I'm just saying to myself, aren't these the same people who just got through a few minutes ago telling us to put that damn vaccine in our body and, and or lose your job? You're mandated to stick yeah. this in your body. Otherwise, we have the right to hire you. You're mandated to wear this yeah. mask in your body and digest whatever is in this mask, the, the microplastics inside your lungs. These are the same people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Don't woman's they understand right, the irony in this? No, they're in favor of bodily autonomy for them. But if you want to be a busboy in a New York restaurant, if you want to be in the military, if you want, oh, yeah, you've, got to, you've only had seven jabs. No, 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 you need the eighth booster. That's, that's a charm. You can't have it both ways on so-called bodily autonomy. You, you know, you can't say keep your rosaries off my ovaries, but your rosaries can crawl up and down the guy's arm, the busboy's arm, and stick needles in him all the way up. Up when it comes to the COVID, they they never. This is where this is particularly interesting in a legal context because they never think about first principles. The left, it's all about power. So this is about oh oh yeah bodily autonomy. Uh, keep your keep your hands off my body, and then once they've reversed this, it'll, they'll be back to jabbing you in the arm every twenty minutes. It's all about power with these guys. Absolutely. Mark Stein, as always, thank you, my friend. Appreciate your insights. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing. Do you think this story is still going to be around next week when we chat? Oh, yeah, I think so. I I think this is where they still haven't got the thing where where the Antifa lads rampage through the town 
toppling the stories, toppling the statues of uh, white men who opposed abortion in the 16th century. I mean, they've got a they've they've got a long way to go with this yet. We're just we're we're just in part one of what's going to be a long drama. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you. Thanks, James. WABC, you're listening to Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We're coming right back after this. Don't go away. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Bo Snurley. On 77 WABC. 77 WABC and Red Apple Media are broadcasting live from Staten Island University Community Park in Staten Island. It's opening day for your Staten Island Ferry Hawks. And we've got a great starting lineup. Go to WABCRadio.com slash baseball and listen to the game starting at 6.30. Now, live from the park, here's Bo Snurdly. 77. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, Staten Island indeed. BGs, bring us back. If you have never been to this stadium, it is a must. You know, when you bring people into town, they go on a circle, dayline cruise, they do that little circle around New York. By the time they get to the East River, they want to get off the boat. But this one, I'm telling you, you can take the Staten Island over, walk to the stadium, you're here. It is beautiful. And it's my first time here. John, how did you discover? John Casamitidis is here. How did you discover this place? I, I will tell you, this is beautiful. It's like being in small town USA, in a beautiful little town of Staten Island. And uh, uh, and then you're, that grass in the... In the stadium, the city just put it in. It's beautiful. And you could look over the, the outfield, and you could see New York. You could see all the large buildings. You could see everything. And it's just your mouth stays open just looking out there. Yeah, I watched the workout, and I got to tell you, oh, it puts you to shame. I, I got to tell you, I watched these guys working how's, out. How's Kelsey doing? We have one woman one gal, uh, part of the team. Right, and you also have the son of Roger Clemens. Yes, so we got uh, two for two for so far. I'm telling you. And I'll tell you, today uh, I, I hope the uh, Ferry Hawks have a big win. I do too. They are playing a Lexington, the Lexington Legends. And if they're not legendary after this loss tonight, they will be, hopefully. What is that? In 1814, we took a little trip. <laughs> John, I know this is baseball day, but I just have to ask you, uh, because the big story of the day is this leak at the Supreme Court. Um, what's your take on that? My take is the justices of the Supreme Court uh, did a back take. Uh, they said that we don't want to be in trouble with anybody. Let's send it back to the states and make let them make the decision. So it's going to go back to the 50 states the way I read it. And each state is going to make their own decision on how they want their state to be. And uh, uh, I was listening last night, and I understand uh, out of uh, 50 states, maybe only three might go uh, against abortion. Well, if you listen to PMSNBC, what you heard was the whole country is going to be. It's a nationwide move, and that's and the, the whole country is not going to be. Our own friend. 
that used to be president. Oh, our old friend. What did he say? They're full of crap. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now there are 26 states that may have some regulation so far. And if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it will trigger automatically in, I believe, anywhere from 8 to 10 states, more restrictions. But let me, you mentioned something very deep, which was it goes back to the states. A lot of people that don't study our Constitution, that don't realize we are a constitutional republic, do not understand that that is the way our government was designed. It was designed so that there would be differences in states. The states were considered to be laboratories of democracy. One state could have a law. Look at California. California still understands this. California makes laws that the rest of us shake our heads at. They don't care. They make those I, laws. I, and I they looked make at more. I looked at a gas uh, uh, station this morning in California. It was seven ninety nine. So uh, let them keep doing what they're doing for themselves. <laughs> I mean, they're nuts. They're nuts. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let's talk about let's talk about baseball. One more. This anything you want. Okay. I want to know. Play ball. I want to know. You got the ticket prices here. You could do the whole season here for under seven hundred dollars. Do you know you can't go to the rodent kingdom with your family and get in for less than a thousand dollars a day? Seven hundred dollars a day, maybe. Right. You know, over here, you know, I think the tickets are like fifteen dollars a piece. And, and I five just bucks. had Bo, Bo. I just had two to sustain me. You know, I had two Nathan's francs. Oh my gosh! You know what that's worth? Oh, my God, that was so good. Did you have any Nathan's friends? I didn't have any. You know I'm a vegetarian. Right. Oh he my does this God, to me all the time. You know I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> Yo, know, when you're in Staten Island, I, we give you an, uh, an exception when you're in Staten Island. <laughs> yeah. I was in Brooklyn and Coney Island looking at How do you um, like Coney Island? Coney Island is awesome. They have this new development over there that, you know, you go up, you look, you're looking over out into the Atlantic Ocean, and you're looking at the beach, and it's just one of the most wonderful and, scenes. And you know what yeah. I certified? Anybody that, that rented an apartment in there, I certified you breathe in that ocean air, and you will live 10 years longer. Boom. Certified. Dr. John. Dr. John. Sounds like a rock band, right? Certified. <laughs> so what are you expecting this year to look like for the Ferry Hawks? Well... I said to everybody, forget about how the season began. We're just doing practice, the games. The season begins today. All right, let's hit the phones. Peter, Staten Island. Hey, we're here next to you, Peter. Where are you, bud? We have a phone call from Staten Island. It's you, Peter. What's on your mind? Hey, Bob. Hey, John. I'm getting ready to come out to the game. I was there this afternoon. I picked up my tickets. The tickets are so reasonable. And looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing all you guys out there. And I predict a win today. Every time I go to an opener, which I don't do too often because I'm always busy working, uh, they win. Always it's like it I makes it, it makes me remember something. this is the big opener of the new team on Staten Island and the stadium is beautiful. The the grass is so green. And you know, it reminds me when my grandfather took me to my first game. I was six, I was six years old, and and I remember my grandfather saying to me, and we were in the upper up upper stand, yeah. you know, we, we the nosebleed section, and uh, my grand Mickey Mantle came to bat, and my grandfather says, "I like that guy." 
Man, you know what? Everybody I remember remembers his words. Their, everybody remembers their first game. <laughs> so your first game was at Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium in the upper, upper, upper deck. So was mine in the bleachers. Yeah. My first game. And guess so, what? I must, no, have, I must have been in a better neighborhood because the bleachers were even cheaper <laughs> than the upper, upper deck. In the bleachers, Mickey Mantle was uh, on the team. Whitey Ford was on the team. Uh, Joe Pepitone was on that team. That team. Pepitone, was- he didn't come to later on. You're a young guy. I, I remember it was Moose Garin on first base and Bobby Richardson on second. Bobby Richardson. And Tony Kubek on Tony shortstop. Kubek, yep. Cleet Boyer at, at uh, playing third base, catching either Elston Howard or, or Yogi Berra, and either Whitey Ford uh, throwing or, or uh, who else? Outfield. You had Mickey Mantle in center. You Roger had, Maris. Yes, Roger Maris in what, right? Right field. And left field, Hank Bauer. What a team. Or Hector Lopez came later. Yeah, it was a that great That was team. a team of teams. And then, of course, I lived in Queens, so later on, after the Yankee deal, we got a chance to go see the New York Mets. And um, I remember the year that they we, – we went to some of the games – the year that they won the series. We had bought tickets early, so we were able to actually get into some of those games. There's nothing like, you know, I don't go to baseball games often. So when I came here today and watched these guys on the field, I tell you what, what a, if you have ever experienced in your life, it brings it all right back to you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you go to, out to a ball game either in the afternoon or at night, and you want to know something, you have a hot dog and you have a little bit of soda or, well, I drink water these days, so I don't drink soda anymore. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you say uh, thank you for uh, thank you God for I'm alive. Amen to that. And you and you relax. You relax. Absolutely, Mike, Middletown, New Jersey. Welcome WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. What's on your mind, bro? Hi, James. Hi, John. Love the station. By the way, it's great that Mark Stein was mentioning Manhattan. That is the jingle for seventy seven WABC. The last line. We'll take an aisle of Manhattan. That's where it comes from. I'll take well Manhattan, Yo, Staten Island, yes. too. Jingle 77 WABC comes from. Anyway, absolutely. My, my, my point is, I, I think the leak, as Mark correctly mentioned, is probably from the wise Latina herself, uh, Sona Sotomayor. She's the most political of the justices, and I'm willing to bet she probably gave it to her clerk to leak out. because okay, she's here, here's what I want to do, though. As my, I love you, but I'm going to stop you. Listen, I love you. First of all, I don't want to get into speculating who did a leak without any evidence. And I think it's unfair. I think it borders on slander to accuse people of things without any proof of this. Now, there was on Twitter someone that established a link between one of Soto Sotomayor's clerks and the person from Politico that actually received the information and wrote it. But that link was a long time. And even that. Even he didn't go or she didn't go so far as to say, okay, this is proof. We have to be, I think we should all be very judicious in how we accuse people of things. And whether that's Sonia Sotomayor, whether it's any of the others or not. There's also a theory, by the way, that the leak came from a conservative clerk because they wanted to shore up the justices that might be wavering. So people have got all kind of theories about this. But I just want to be careful before we absolutely accuse, and I don't want to get into that kind of guessing game. Um, Let me just say this also before we have to to tip off to a break. Um, One of the things that I think we're going to learn as time goes on is 
not only who the leaker is and what motivated them, but we're going to get a good example to see whether it actually has the impact that's desired. I don't think it will, and I'll tell you why. Right now, everybody's emotions are over the roof with this. We're a long way away from November. A lot can happen. By November, how many other news stories are going to happen? I'm not sure how it changes that much. Nothing's going to happen right now. Right. And every state gets the right to determine what's, what's for their state. So the Supreme Court didn't veto anything. They're just saying... Hey, not our responsibility. It's supposed to be the state's responsibility. Yeah, and this was bad law. Now, let me just say with that, too, by the time they rule, which is the end of this term is supposed to be in late June, early July, first week of July, late June, this term comes. And then, by the way, bye-bye, Justice Bright, bye. And then enter in uh, Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who doesn't know what a woman is, which is a little odd. But anyway... Um, When this happens, as it it probably will be the, I don't know what it's going to be. It might be the last ruling. They usually leave the biggest case to the last ruling of the the, uh, term. If that follows suit, and if this is the last ruling of the term, put yourself there. Here we are at the end of June, July. Ruling comes out. Anybody's going to say, like, yeah, we knew. We knew this in May. Anticlimactic. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley with you here. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We're coming right back after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Rush. On 77 WABC. 77 WABC and Red Apple Media are broadcasting live from Staten Island University Community Park in Staten Island. It's opening day for your Staten Island Ferry Hawks. And we've got a great starting lineup. Go to WABCRadio.com slash baseball and listen to the game starting at 630. Now, here's Bo Snerdley and John Katsimatidis. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York and worldwide. We're here for the opening home game of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. You got to be here, folks. This is an awesome stadium, awesome environment. Great day. I'm here with John Casamichitas, who you are one of the owners of this team. Well, the, the, the Yankees own 15%. I own 42.5%, and Eric Schiffler owns 42.5%. It's a wonderful deal. You're going to buy the Yankees after this? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when I was growing up, uh, I used to dream about buying the Yankees someday. Uh, but uh, when the Yankees called me up and, and, and said to me, we want you to be a partner in the, in the uh, team in uh, Staten Island, I said, how do you say no to the Yankees? Boom. I love it. Uh, John, we've got some sad news. Um, what happened? This is very sad, actually. And folks, uh, you brace yourselves, please. I don't know how this could happen, but it did. Um, a wild fox, wild, broke into Washington, D.C.'s National Zoo and went on a rampage. Serial murder. Murder. The wild fox murdered 25 flamingos. 25 of those beautiful pink wow. guys. That means they didn't kill to eat. They killed for the, for the, kill for for, the, for the sake of, for the joy of, 
I know a few guys like that that do that. I, I don't mean, know anybody like know? that that I'm going to admit to on the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that he wasn't sad. I love animals. You know what I Me stopped too. eating? What? I stopped eating octopuses. You know, an octopus has the uh, uh, the uh, age of um, the mental age of an eight year old. I didn't know that. I'm not eating any more octopus. I never ate an octopus, and so well, I didn't then, miss it. Then we both win. We both win. But but guess what? That wild fox his killing spree wasn't over. Killed twenty five flamingos and then went for a duck. Quack. Got the duck too. <laughs> so today, according to the Hill. The zoo is devastated there in mourning. The loss of 25 American flingos, flamingos, not, not foreign flamingos, American. They were American flamingos. And. Well, are we going to announce when the funeral is? I don't know. We've got to find out. And one northern pintail duck. Very I don't know sad. how we're going to survive this, folks. I just. Very, very sad. Yeah. Flamingo steaks tonight somewhere in the world. <laughs> what? I'm not eating it. You're a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian. A... I ate the Nathan's uh, hot dog. I admit it. <laughs> the Smithsonian. Guilty. <laughs> the Smithsonian. I'm not making fun of this, folks. I'm almost in tears. The Smithsonian says this is the first time a predator has breached the flamingo enclosure, which has been a feature at the zoo since the 70s. There'll be sad songs. This is just... Heartbreaking. A heartbreaking loss for all of us. Let's head back to the telephones. Christine, Manhattan, you're on with John Casamichitis, James Golden, his post nerdly's rush hour. What's on your mind, Christine? Hello, gentlemen. I spent uh, COVID taking the ferry to Staten Island and shopping and eating Indian food. And when it finally opened, the Staten Island Zoo, nothing is better. And I just want to tell everyone, if you're going to go see the game, plan on shopping the best outlets. And, and they're spacious. It's just it's just wonderful. And I thank you so much, Mr. Casamassini, for making that stadium open. It was so sad, just naked. And I suggest do wild bird of prey shows there. They wow. Are great. Okay. Sounds good. I was going to get the uh, the picture to, to to be dropped in by parachute just to make it some excitement. That's cool. That's cool. Now you know what. Would that be exciting if, if the if the picture drops in by parachute? Yeah, you know it'd be even cooler. What? To have a flamingo parade. Well, let's do it. And a fox. <clears throat> Somebody <laughs> had to shoot the fox. <laughs> you know, I don't know whether they, the fox might still be alive, wandering around out there looking for its next meal, or a certain murderer. Murder, because it's just plain murder in the animal kingdom. Uh, let us go. Pennsylvania, Mike, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Mike? No, it's Donald. It's not Mike. Somebody heard me talking about the rodent kingdom and actually got the boss, well, the, the underboss of the rodent kingdom on the line, Daffy. <laughs> Seriously. Let's go to Michael in New Brunswick. Hello, Michael. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. That's right. And it's cheaper to come here than to go to the Rodent Kingdom. So if you were planning on going to the Rodent Kingdom, instead, save a lot of money. Come here. Go ahead. Hello, Bo. And Mr. Katina. You got it. Listen. Mr. Ho. Have a nice and hot dog. 
I want you to have a hot dog for me. Please put mustard on it. That yeah. Nathan's, I, I will go have an extra Nathan's hot dog. You know, uh, whatever was allocated to Bo, and he can't eat it because he's a vegetarian. We're going to eat it for him. Thank you. You know what? Crappy phone line. We can't hear it. We'll try it next time. Ralph, New Rochelle, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 7. How are you? I'm well, Mr. Golden, and hello, Mr. Casamitidis. I'm just wondering, I know the case of abortion is very important, but do you think people should realize leaking from the Supreme Court is even more of an issue, especially if there's other cases that they're going to be ruling on? How could they allow this to happen? Washington, Washington is a dump. Okay, how many, you know, how many, what percentage of the people believe what any congressman says? Hmm. Very few. Very few. Very few. Very few. Well, let me take You know, it's not against the law. If If you're in Congress or in the Senate and you're on the floor, you can lie and not get sued. That's exactly right. How, how can that be? You, you know, you can lie. You can tell lies and not get sued. Exactly right. And, and not held accountable by anybody. The FBI is not going to arrest you for telling lies on the floor of the Congress. Unless, uh, uh, unless you're a Republican. Oh, you go directly to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Right, because that's the way this, you mentioned the FBI. Just let me mention something to you. If you go back and you think about the resources that the FBI had to look at for January 6th, they went through every Facebook page of almost every American. They matched them up with every single one of these people that entered the Capitol. They went through social media. They put up snitch lines. They did whatever they had to do. They're still bringing in people that walked in the building, United States Capitol, on January 6th. Now, but who, op- Bo, who opened the doors? The Capitol Police did. I know that, but why isn't anybody saying it? Because Nobody because broke they... down those doors. We didn't have a, a, a bulldozer to break down those doors. We didn't have a tank to break down those doors. I've seen the video. The Capitol Police opened Open the, doors the doors and let them in. Right. I saw it in real time, and I actually commented on it. Wow, they're opening the doors and letting these people in. All so, we want on WABC is the, the truth. truth. And nothing but the truth, so help me God. So here's my question. Will the same FBI and Department of Justice, the the corrupt Department of Justice, and if you want to know why I'm saying it's corrupt. Well, I'm going to tell you how I feel. The the Christopher Wray, who is the director of the FBI, has a 10-year term. Nobody can fire him. He could stand up. He could stand up and make sure the right thing is done for every American people by every FBI agent and make sure the political ones, the political ones, don't influence uh, the FBI in any direction politically. Well, I think it's too late for that, frankly. And I think the FBI is all political all the time. And that's one of the reasons why this person at the Met Gala last night wearing um, this, uh, this, uh, whatever, burgundy dress... Instead of orange, instead of an orange jumpsuit. But I'm not going to go there until tomorrow. We're here. Have a great night. John, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you and your families.